I want to discuss tonight a series of tshuvas, not really a series, a medley of tshuvas, dealing with the somewhat fraught and controversial topic of Mesira, the prohibition about turning Jews over to those who will do them harm. Mesira, as we've discussed in various contexts previously, is a serious isser. The Enochelik in Olam Haba, he's considered a Russia, and so on. Yet, of course, there are many cases that are not considered Mesira. There are, there are many situations where it is permitted to take adverse action against somebody else and to uh, governments and so on, modern governments. There, there, are, there are many scenarios where it's mutter. I want to discuss a series of, a, ser- a group of chuvas tonight dealing with a bunch of related scenarios. Scenarios where the person who gets the other person in trouble is not doing so out of malice, out of a desire to harm. He's doing so in his own self-interest. He's doing so because the other person is taking advantage of him. In some of the cases, he's simply shifting the burden of suffering for the other person's misbehavior back where it belongs onto the other person and uh, off himself. That, that, that some of the cases involve shifting the blame, some of the cases just involve a competitor who's taking advantage, and uh, you want to shut him down because he's uh, improperly infringing on what you, you think your rights are, so you want to inform on him to shut him down. We'll see, we'll, we'll get into the details of these various cases as we go, but uh, we're going to discuss several chuvas, three or four chuvas, on, the, on, on this same general topic of... Someone who informs on someone else and gets him in trouble, not, again, not because he wants revenge or he's out to get somebody else, but because he's looking out for number one, he's interested in protecting his own interests, and that may involve getting his friend in trouble. Again, these are very complicated topics. Uh, Halakha Lamaisa is uh, rather complicated in this area, so what we're doing here is largely Lahagdal Torah Lahadira for the theoretical subject, it is difficult to pass in Allah Chalamaisa from these actual questions. So, we'll start with the tshuva of the Chacham Tzvi, an excerpt of the tshuva of an excerpt of a tshuva of the Chacham Tzvi, for Tzvi Ashkenazi, father of Yaakov Emden, one of the great poskim of three centuries ago. His case was as follows: Sar Echad, a certain non-Jewish European nobleman, Kana Susim Mishne Yehud. Today we would say he bought cars from uh, several people. He bought. Horses. He bought horses from two Jews, Reuven and Shimon. Shimon hit to Esasar. Shimon did what used horse salesmen sometimes do, and he defrauded, he cheated the nobleman. He sold him a lemon. He sold him a horse with defects, with problems. These defects were severe enough, were substantial enough to void the sale. Uh, he slipped it in among the other horses, apparently this was some kind of government procurement contract, and he engaged in a little bit of fraud, sounds like it was deliberate fraud, to uh, sell one of the horses he provided was defective, and he tried to slip it by the, the nobleman and sell a defective horse for full, full price. The Tsar eventually discovered that one of his horses was a lemon, and the Tsar wasn't going to tolerate this. The Tsar decided he would get his money back. He would return the defective horse, and he would get his money back. The Tsar hexerasus l'ruven. The Tsar somehow got confused. It seems he got confused about who sold him the defective horse. Even though Reuven had sold him good horses, it was Shimon who had 
cheated and sold him a defective horse. The Tsar, for some reason, probably because he was uh, he got mixed up, the Tsar came to Ruve and he said, here, here, take this horse back, and I'm taking back my money. Or even if he didn't take money out of Ruvain's pocket, he, simply, he, he owed Ruvain payment for the horses he received from Ruvain. He, he, he held back some of the money to, uh, as, as payment for the defective horse. Now the Dintara is between Ruvain and Shimon. Ruvain says, the Tsar just took money from me because of a fraud that you perpetrated on him. That's not fair. You should be the one bearing the cost of, the, of, of, this, of what you did here. Shimon says, whatever I did to the Tsar is between me and the Tsar. That's not your business. The Tsar took money from you, Shalokidin. Take it up with the Tsar. That's not my problem. If the Tsar has a problem with me, if he, if he feels I cheated him, I'll deal with the Tsar. I don't know if Shimon admitted it or not, but Shimon said, what, what happened between me and the Tsar is not your business. If the Tsar, if the nobleman took the money from you, that is your problem. I don't have to, I don't have to make you whole. You and I have no relationship. I, I, I have no obligation to you. Now, this in general is the halacha. There is a halacha that if somebody targets Reuven for a claim that he legitimately has against Shimon, for some reason someone targets Reuven improperly and Reuven has to pay money, Reuven is not liable to Shimon. Shimon did not directly cause Reuven any harm. The fact that somebody else, unfortunately, mistaken identity, took money from Reuven because he didn't know, he didn't care, all Jews are the same, something like that, doesn't matter. The, this is called nitvas al chavero. The halacha is that if someone is suffers a loss because of what someone else did, unless we can show a, a direct act of, of injury of harm that was done by Shimon to Ruvain, the fact that eventually Ruvain was made to suffer by somebody else because of an act that Shimon did, that's not a proximate cause. Shimon is not called a mazik. That's called Ruvain was nitvas al chavero. Ruvain was forced to suffer a loss because of something Shimon did. That does not engender liability for Shimon. So that is what the Chachem Svi Paskins, he says that, Lanias Daiti says in his tshuva, Pashut Shein Leruven al Shimon Klum, Ruven has no claim against Shimon. We're not going to get into the details of that part of the sugya, that's a different sugya. But the basic halacha is, since Shimon didn't directly cause Ruven any harm, Ruven has no claim against Shimon. Ba'ofen Shimon That's the bulk of the tshuva. What we're interested in is, is the very last line. We, we were skipping most of the tshuva. What we're interested in is the very last line. He says, Amnam, even though Ruvain has no right to make any direct claim against Shimon, Ruvain does have recourse to get his money back. What can he do? Ruvain can tell the Tsar, Mr. Tsar, Sir Tsar, he tells the Tsar that you just, you just took money from me because you think that I sold you a bad horse. It wasn't me. The bad horse came from Shimon. Assuming the Tsar will listen to him, Reuven has the right to make that disclaimer to the Tsar, to make that defense to the Tsar, uh, and that's fine, even though the Tsar will then turn around and give Reuven back his money and then proceed to take the money away from Shimon. So when Reuven makes this declaration, he is directly causing the Tsar to go and take money from Shimon. That's not a problem. Reuven is not, that's not Mesira, Reuven is not causing any harm to Shimon, if the Tsar would take money from Shimon Shalokadin, that, that would be Mesira, that would be a problem. But here, the Tsar is not doing that. Shimon genuinely owes the Tsar money, because Shimon committed fraud against the Tsar. Ruvain is getting Shimon in trouble, but it's, tr- but it's trouble that Shimon well deserves. It's trouble that Shimon is liable for, according to Din Therefore, 
Ruvain is essentially committing Mesira by, by, by turning the Sar, by, by turning Shimon over to the Sar, but that's fine. This is a permissible form of Mesira. The, the Sar has every right to collect his money from Shimon. Ruvain is simply getting the Sar off his back. The Sar has no business collecting money from him. So Ruvain is acting in self-defense and redirecting the Sar toward Shimon. That is fine. That is the... That is fine. The Arachshai, commenting on this, Chacham Tzvi, the Arachshai points out, even though in general we say that, 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 that one Jew shouldn't get another Jew in trouble, even if the first Jew deserves it, you should still uh, not turn him in. He says, but here it's the... Here he says this is different. He says that the... He says that the... In, in this case, that, that, that if, if, a Jew cheated, if, a Jew, if a Jew committed some kind of fraud against a non-Jew... In certain cases, posts can say you shouldn't report the Jew to the non-Jew. Here he says the guy knows there was fraud committed. The guy knows somebody sold him a bad horse. It's just a question of whether it was Ruvain or Shimon. He has other arguments, he says, but here there's nothing wrong with Ruvain telling the guy, you know who it was? It was not me. It was Shimon. Go, I mean, shouldn't tell him, go bother him, but he should say, please give me back my money. It's not me. It's Shimon. I, I don't, what you do with Shimon is not my problem. It's not my business. But please understand, I was not the one who sold you the bad horse. He was the one who sold you the bad horse. That is permitted. The that is permitted. The Chacham Tzvi rules. That is the first ruling I want to discuss tonight. The ruling of the Chacham Tzvi. You are allowed to tell the guy, "It's not me. It was Shimon." Even if that means he'll then turn around and, and go after Shimon, that is fine. That is not your problem. And that's, I think, an intuitively uh, reasonable psak as well. I think most of us would probably find that's an eminently reasonable psak. Again, the Sarah is not going to kill Shimon. He's not going to torture him and put him in jail. What he's going to do is simply take the money from Shimon instead of taking it from Ruvain. This seems like an eminently logical and fair psak, and this is the ruling of the Chacham Tzvi. The Churashai, author of the Erechshai, Churashai discusses a somewhat more complicated case. He discusses the following case. Be'erechad, there were shisha licenses. What the word license means in whatever European language he's using, I'm not entirely sure. But basically, it means roughly the same thing as, as what license means the way we use it. It means an authorization from the government to engage in a certain practice, in this case, to engage in the economic activity of running a bar, running a liquor establishment. So in a certain city, there were six authorized liquor licenses, Dainu Mosge Mashke, those who served, uh, liquid, uh, served liquor at retail, Chesigu Misareha Medina, there were six, six owners of licenses, holders of licenses, they, they obtained these licenses from the government, from the, from the, from the leaders of the country. Echamehem Ruven. Ruven was one of these license holders, licensees. They didn't think Ruven was complying with the terms of his license, whether it was safety, pricing, hygiene, I, I don't know, ambient, I don't know what it was, but apparently, just as we have it today, licenses come with rules, they come with compliance burdens, and they come with uh, conditions and expectations. So Ruven was, Ruven was, was held to be non-compliant by the government, so they wanted to withdraw his license. Uvakoshi, with great difficulty, and he had to spend some bribes also, I, I'm always very amused. Today, when we talk about someone in legal trouble, we say it cost him a, a, great, amount, a great deal in legal expenses to get out of his trouble. Back then, they used to refer to uh, the expenses as bribes. Back then, they used to say 
he was in legal hot water and he had to spend a lot of bribes to get out of trouble. Today we say he had to spend a lot of money on lawyers. But okay, it, it boils down to the same thing from a bottom line, not morally the same thing necessarily, but from a bottom line accounting perspective, it's a line item in your, uh, in, in, your, uh, in, 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 your, in your books. Money spent to get out of trouble, whether it's paid to the lawyers or paid as bribes, he had to spend lots of money to, uh, to, to, to retain his license. So he kept his license, but with additional conditions, he had to apparently make adjustments to the premises. So that was phase one of this case. They wanted to apparently curtail the, the number of licenses that were being issued. They wanted to reduce them by some percentage. The way the, the, way the, the new regime was going to work out, this city, which formerly had six, was going to lose one of its licenses, so the authorities would have to pick one of these six people to, whose license to take away. Ruven, anyway, he had, some, uh, he had some black marks on his record. He kept his license, but Ruven, anyway, was a kind of a bedieved. Ruven wasn't in such good standing with the authorities. They had to cancel one license. They took away his. Now, after Reuven had, he had phase one of his trouble where he kept his license at the expense of bribes, phase two he lost his license. Now, Reuven had, Shimon now had a new project. Shimon was going to open a new type of establishment, a high-class establishment. Not just a CD bar like Reuven had, like a regular license he had. Shimon was going to open up a Hamzah Hadasha, Shiasa Casino. Shimon was going to make a casino. I'm not sure what a casino means in this context. He doesn't mention anything about gambling. But it was apparently a high-class uh, Tony nightclub-type establishment. Maka Moshev Sarim. This would be a place where the elites would get together and drink. Ulusanikshom and to enjoy themselves. Pleasure. Maybe it did have a gambling element as well. Velokishar license in Shiesham Rak Shutim. Unlike uh, regular bars that are for the unwashed masses that are publicly available, this would be a, a high-tone, exclusive establishment, this casino. And Shimon was able to secure permission. Again, he had to get license to do this. Shimon was able to secure permission from the government to uh, get, get authorization to do this. And he began to open his casino. Ruvain was very jealous. Ruvain was very upset. Ruvain lost his license and then to add insult to injury, Shimon now gets authorized to open this, uh, this, this uh, highfalutin casino, probably very lucrative as well. So Ruvain now complains in, in, in Dintara against Shimon that he feels Shimon is the one who is the root of all his problems. Shimon is the one who informed on him to the licensing authorities that he was not in compliance. He doesn't deny that he may have had some compliance troubles necessarily, but Shimon was the one who, who got the authorities breathing down his neck. It's all Shimon's fault. That's why initially he had to pay all the bribes in order to keep his license. Then, when there was one license taken away, if not for Shimon, he could have, he could have, got his, he could have retained his license, he said. It was, it was all Shimon who was, uh, Shimon who was maneuvering against him. How he knows this, I don't know. But he, this is what he alleges. It's all Shimon's fault. Shimon was undermining him and getting him in trouble with the government. And therefore, he says, Shimon has improperly interfered with his Parnassa. He's not a goslin. He didn't take anything that belonged to him, but he cost him his, his livelihood. Ani Mahapeparara is the halachic, uh, the, the, the halachic doctrine that if somebody snatches something away, even if he didn't steal it, but if someone takes away an opportunity improperly that someone else already had, someone else was working on, 
that, that, that's an Avera, you're not allowed to do that. Yorid Lomnuso, improper competition. He says, Shimon, who's apparently my competitor, he's opening up this, this new project. Shimon was the one who was working against me. Shimon cost me, cost me my, my business and so on. And therefore he came to Shimon with a, with a Tviya and Din, that Shimon had no right to do what he did, and he wants Shimon to compensate him. So much of the Churashai's tshuva has to do with the laws of Anim Havik Bacharara, which is not the topic of our share tonight, when these laws of improper competition apply, when they don't apply. But at the beginning of the tshuva, he discusses the, the basic question, can, even if it's true, even if we assume, arguendo, that Shimon was responsible for the economic damage to, for the economic damage to Reuven's livelihood, does that engender liability for Shimon Alpidin? Even if Shimon cost Reuven his livelihood, does that mean that Alpidin Torah, Shimon is chayef to Reuven? Says the Churashai, Nira. I feel Shimon. Even if Shimon does not deny doing this, he, 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 even if he concedes, he admits to having injured Shimon's, Reuven's livelihood. Whatever happened to Reuven was legal, was lawful. Reuven lost his license, I'll be in, I'll be the law. Even before they decided to reduce the number of licenses in the city from six to five, Reuven was not in compliance with the licensing rules. So Reuven, according to the law of the land, really deserved, was, was the, the government was entitled, it was, it was, it was, they were operating within the law to take away his license. In Cain, he says, Then he says that it follows that Shimon will not be liable to Reuven. Whether what Shimon did was right or not is a different story. But Reuven has no claim against Shimon. Shimon can say, even if I did it, as long as it was true, there's no Messira on something that's true. There's no Messira if I activate a, a legitimate legal process against you, whether it's the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, there is, I have no liability. MSRAC, whatever I told them was legitimate. Their process was legitimate. The information I provided was accurate. And therefore, if I file a complaint against somebody, I have no liability in halacha, bidiyavit. The What he refers to is a marshal brought by the Taz in, in, in Shulchan Aruch. The, the, the marshal was talking about a case where... The government had to had to collect certain assessments from various residents of a neighborhood, and they were sim- similar to that case of the well, similar a little bit to the case of the Chacham Tzvi. They were they, they were burdening some some pe- some people in the neighborhood unfairly. They they were neglecting somehow. They missed somebody in the in, in the area, so they weren't collecting. That person was uh, was evading his obligation, and the burden consequently fell on the others. So the marshal says. It's, on the one hand, it's usher for the people who are, who are suffering the burden to tell him, tell the government you missed one guy, that, uh, that you missed him. Masle Garam, if he was lucky, the government missed him. That's, that's not your affair. You have no right to point the government in his direction. You should not be doing that. However, the marshal says, if you did do that, if you told the, the Gabay HaMelech, if you told the government agents, go get him, there's another guy you missed over there, B'diyavad, you don't have to pay. Even though it's the wrong thing to do, it's the B'diyavad, you don't have to pay. Because you could say, whatever I did was, was correct, was, was honest. I, I, I simply told them the fact that you're there and that, and, and that they, they should go collect money from you. And you're chayev al-pidin. Even if you were, even if halacha would allow you to avoid presenting yourself, would allow the other person to avoid, to try to avoid the scrutiny of the government, it doesn't matter. 
if the government found you, whatever they took from you was, was kedin, and therefore the principle is, I'm not a moser. As long as what the government did to you was under the color of law, it was legal, it was legitimate, and the information I provided was accurate, then I am not a moser. I still shouldn't do it lechatchila. You shouldn't get another Jew in trouble lechatchila. But b'dyeved, you're not a moser. Says the Churashai, the same thing applies in his case as well. If, even if Shimon uh, filed a complaint and said, Ruvain is not complying with the license terms, he shouldn't do that. It's the wrong thing to do. But B'dyeved, he's not going to have to pay anything. Because B'dyeved, when the government took away Ruvain's license, that was the government's right. The government has the right to, to make laws. They have the right to, re- to issue licenses and regulate the terms of being a licensee. If, Sh- if Ruvain was indeed in violation of the law, and Shimon reported him, Shimon shouldn't have done it, presumably, but nevertheless... Ruvain, he's not high of anything to Ruvain because even though he caused him harm, that harm was something that was legally legitimate, that was sanctioned by the law, and therefore Shimon has no liability to Ruvain. So this is what the Churashai rules. He says that even after Ruvain, he says, Vaharaya, even after Ruvain paid all the bribes, he says, he says they, they, they gave him back his license, but they still required him to, 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 bring, to bring his operation more in line with their requirements. They said he has to expand, expand the facility, because that's the law, the government law, he says. And then when they, when they took away his license later, at, at the second stage of this, when they actually when they had to cut out one of the five licenses they took his, that was also legitimate, because he indeed had a record of noncompliance. That, that's also a legitimate governmental action. Therefore, the... Therefore, the Churashai says he has no claim against Shimon for what he did because whatever Shimon did was simply to cause Ruvain to lose money which he was, to lose, uh, to lose uh, things he has which, which, he, which the government is entitled to take away from him. That does not create any claim, at least, of Moser against, uh, against Shimon. Very similar ruling in the Marsham. Marsham talks about a case also involving liquor licenses. This is much of what the Jews did in Europe, was they ran liquor and other concessions for the government. So the, the Marsham deals with a similar case, that there were different types of licenses, he says. There was a, there was a, there was a certain licensee, a certain mosig, a certain person who was licensed to sell liquor. The law was, the chok of the Cousins, I'm not sure what, what consents, I'm not, consents, I'm not sure what that is, but there was some kind of law. He was only allowed to sell sealed containers of liquor, and he was, someone reported that he was selling liquor open, apparently, open containers. Again, you have to be there, I guess, to know what these laws were all about, but there was apparently a law which regulated <clears throat> what types of liquor sales he was allowed to engage in. He was violating the law. Someone reported him, and he got fined. In this case, he didn't lose his license, but he got fined. So he, he turned around, and, uh, and in Bastin, he, he presented a claim against the person who he believed had gotten him in trouble. He said, you caused me a fine. You should pay for that fine. Says the Marsham, no, he does not actually have to pay for it. The, the person who reported him, even if we establish who it is, the person who reported him has no responsibility to pay the fine. Why not? He explains... He brings a tshuva the mabit, mavur, the gam knas who bechal dinad malchus adina. The Gemara has a rule, dinad malchus adina, that the government has the right to pass laws and collect taxes. That is not disputed. The mabit adds, the government does not just have the right to pass laws to collect taxes, the government also has the right to assess fines 
against those who try to engage in tax evasion. That's also a governmental power. That's necessary to, for them to enforce their taxes. If the taxes had no fines for non-compliance, people would have very little incentive for, to comply, other than their personal integrity. Um, that's something, I guess, but it's not sufficient. Therefore, the Mabit says the government also has the right to levy fines against those who do not comply with its taxes, do not pay taxes. He brings other rights to this as well, that he brings the Arashba, who says that when the, when the king imposes a punishment on a Ghana, that's also Dina Mochusadina. Even though it's not a tax, it's a punishment, the government has the right to punish, as we've discussed in the past. The government has the right to, has the right to uh, establish a system of criminal justice, which includes punishments. Says the Marsham, this being the case, Imkain, when this licensee sold liquor in open, in open utensils, which is against the law, against the terms of his license and against the law, he therefore is duly obligated and duly responsible to pay whatever knas is levied against him. When the other person committed misira against him and turned him in and reported that he was in violation and therefore subject to the penalty, there is no chiv. He refers to a, a, a psaka the Ramah in Shulchan Aruch, that if, a, that, that if a Jew is trying to avoid paying a non-Jew money that he owes him and someone else turns him in, there's no Mesira in that case. That, that, that's not Mesira. Mesira is only when you get a Jew in trouble, trouble that he does not deserve, that, that, that improper trouble, that, that the, the enemy is going to do something unlawful, improper to the Jew. But here, if all, the Jew, if all that happens is the Jew is made to pay money that he owes, I didn't do anything to him. You still shouldn't do it lechatchila. You still shouldn't get Jews in trouble lechatchila. You still shouldn't help the... The Ramad does pass, and you shouldn't do this lechatchila. But in the there's no claim of Mesira, says the Marsham. In this case as well, tashlume meches, paying taxes is money that a Jew legitimately owes. And as he said earlier, the paying the fine as well, he, just like he owes the taxes, he owes the fine as well. Therefore, the, the Marsham says that there is no... Liability. There's no b'diavad, any chiyuv on the Moser for reporting the Jew, because even though he did wrong, he shouldn't have done it, he says, he, to, to go get a Jew in trouble, to get him fined, to get him in trouble, even if he breaks the law, is not something you should do. L'chathili, you shouldn't do it. However, he says, in terms of b'diavad, is there going to be any chiyuv b'diavad for doing this? He says, There is no liability b'diavad for this, because the money that you got him fined is money that he legitimately owed, and therefore, and therefore, there's no liability. Sof Tavar, the Marsham concludes, after having Masur Bura Asa, even though he is a Moser, he did act incorrectly, that, 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 we, that we do have to explain to him that he's wrong and he shouldn't behave like this. It's not right to go inform on other Jews to the government. Again, everyone, I think, everyone agrees, I, I would think everyone would, would agree, that if a, Jew is, if, if a Jew is posing some kind of danger to the public, the modern post can say, Rav Waldenberg, Rav Yosef, Modern posts can say, if a Jew is, for example, has a medical condition, he's driving a car and he can have a seizure at any moment and lose control of the car, and they wouldn't give him a license if they knew about his medical condition, but he, he didn't disclose it to the, to the licensing authorities, you should report him because he's a danger to the public. We've discussed reporting abusers to the authorities, which posts can generally allow, assuming certain safeguards are, are followed because abusers can be a can be a, a clear and ongoing danger to the public. So in a case where reporting somebody is necessary to stop him from being a, a menace to the public, a potential danger to the public, that, that's certainly okay. However, in a case where he's not causing 
He's not actually harming people. He's simply breaking the law. So the poskim generally agree that it's wrong for you to simply volunteer to get him in trouble. It's wrong for you to uh, simply be a good citizen, so to speak, and file complaints against him and get him in trouble. However, but if you do, if you do get him in trouble, you're not considered a moser who's liable to pay for the damage that you cause. Marsham says, very similar to the similar to the Churashai, there's no Din Mesira here, since whatever the government does to him, assuming that they follow a reasonable and just system of law, that is governed by Dinah Mulchusadina. Whatever they did following the law is legitimate, even though it certainly hurt the Jew. But whatever hurt was whatever hurt was inflicted on him is legitimate according to Halacha, and therefore there's no there's no Din Mesira. There's no Din Mesira on the Jew who got him in trouble. But the the Shaolameshiv, Shaolameshiv discusses a similar case. He says that in the Shaolameshiv's case, they were, they were, again, we're talking about licensees, and there were, there, there, there were several people in a certain industry who, had, who, were, uh, who, who worked in a certain industry. One of them had a license, and, he, and, and the license doesn't come free. The license comes with, you pay a tax for it, you pay a licensing fee for it. So he paid, he paid the licensing fees, the licensing taxes. His competitor, his rival, operated uh, on the black market, didn't have a license, and wasn't paying the taxes. So obviously this bothered him. A, I guess he, he, certainly he'd just be jealous, and B, the, maybe the fellow was undercutting him. If the other person had lower overhead, so to speak, the other person could afford to sell uh, less than he did. So he wanted to know, can he report the, his rival who was not paying taxes, was not, was not getting a license and not paying taxes, can he, report him to the, can he report him to the government? So the, the Shalmeshev, I believe, discusses both the question of whether he has the right to be ma'akev al and can say, you're improperly infringing on my livelihood by operating without a license. No, he cannot. And then to the question of whether he can report him, whether he can report that he's not paying the licensing fee, not paying the taxes... Says the Shaul no, you are not allowed to do that. Kolamosro, who Moser Moenshel Yisrael Biad Goy. This actually is Mesir. He doesn't say that you be Chayyib B'Dievet or not, but certainly he says, in certainly he says, in terms of the permissibility of doing this, you are absolutely not permitted to do this. And he brings a Yerushalmi. He brings an interesting passage in the Yerushalmi. Yerushalmi is in Maseches Peya. It says there were. It says there were there, there, there were a group of people. Chanusa de Kisnoi, they, they, they had some kind, of, uh, some kind of group, and apparently the, the people, didn't, people didn't want to be at this meeting, there were taxes being assessed, there, there was some kind of uh, unpleasantness associated with this uh, assembly, and one person did not show up. One person was evading the unpleasantness, whatever it was, the taxes, one person was hoping to, uh, to escape and not be present. So the people, the, the other people who were there, the other people who, who were subject to this uh, tax or unpleasantness, whatever it was, so they, they maliciously, they wanted to get him in trouble. So they, one of them said, what are we eating today? What are we going to eat? The person who wasn't here, his name was Bar Chovitz. So they said, what are we going to eat today? We're going to eat Chovitzin. This was a kind of sly innuendo they were uh, hinting that Chovitz wasn't here. Bar Chovitz was not present. By saying we're going to eat Chovitzin, which can mean cheese, they were, uh, they were alluding, they, they, they were, maybe with plausible deniability, they were alluding to the fact that this person, Bar Chovitzin, was not here. Amar, Yesi Bar Chovitz. They said, okay, we have to bring Bar Chovitz in, and Bar Chovitz then was, uh, 
was then hauled in, apparently, and he was forced to, uh, he was dumped into the same boat as the rest of them. Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Ze'amar Lashon Hara Bahatzneah. This is Lashon Hara, it was subtle, it was not overt, they, 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 it's plausible deniability. I just said, what are we having for lunch? I said, Chovsin. But this is called Lashon Hara, getting another Jew in trouble, even if he is, even if it feels unfair, why do I have to be there and he's not here? Why do I have to suffer? Again, the Yushalmi is not very clear what the suffering was. It's not very clear if they were just jealous that he was absent or whether the burden of, or whether the cost of his absence was being borne by them. They would have to be assessed a higher tax because he was absent. We're missing a lot of details in this Yushalmi. But this is what the Yushalmi says. The Yushalmi says that the... That, that if you get another Jew in trouble by hinting to the, to the enemy, that he, the, by the ad, to the adversary, that he's not here, you get him in trouble. It doesn't say you have to pay, but Yevid, but it says, that's Lashon Hara, that is malicious speech. That's Lashon Hara Batsneya, even if you do it uh, subtly, uh, indirectly, with innuendo, it's the, it, 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 if you get him in trouble, if that, was your, that was your intention, apparently, then that's an Avera. That's what the Yushalmi says. Shaul Meshiv brings us Yushalmi. He says that the he said that Hare he says after even if whatever the burden was I mean, some some kind of draft some kind of uh, forced labor for the government whatever the whatever whatever the problem was it was BMS. They, they, they weren't doing any the government wasn't doing anything illegitimate over there they had the right to assess this duty on on everyone involved including this Barchovitz who was escaping. And therefore, so this Barchovitz this really had, was incumbent upon him to do the work as well. Nevertheless, if he got lucky, they, they, if his draft notice got lost, if he was going to successfully get away with not coming, nevertheless, if you get him in trouble, just because it doesn't feel fair that he should get away and you should be stuck with it, it's still considered to get him in trouble. It is nevertheless, certainly it's also it's to actually master him, to, even just to mention that we're eating, we're eating chovitz for lunch, which is going to result in his getting in trouble, even that's usher, certainly to deliberately inform him to the government to say, Mr. Inspector, you should check so-and-so, so-and-so is breaking the law, that's usher, that's the Sholem ruling. So the Sholem ruling is really just the is really just the complement of that of the Churashai and the Marsham. They, they really all agree. The Marsham and the Marsham and the Sholem the Marsham and the, the, the said that if you get someone else in trouble, since it was legitimate, uh, it, it was it was valid under the law, you have no b'diavid liability. But as we said, they agree that you shouldn't do it. They, they they agree that it's the wrong thing to do to inform on a Jew and get him in trouble. Even if it's legal, even if what the government will do to him is legal, it's still wrong. They just say that Bidyeved, you have no liability for doing so because you didn't it's not considered harm, the harm that befell him, because the harm was legitimate under the law. Shalomeshev is not discussing the question of Bidyeved, whether he whether he'll be liable if he if, if he gets him in trouble. He's just saying Lakhathila, you certainly can't do it. Lakhathila was Pashatim, you can't do it. He says it's a form of Masira, it's a form of Lashanhari, he says that's Yushalmi. The Yushalmi says if someone was lucky enough to escape his burden to escape his burden that the government is imposing upon him, then, it, then, then you have no right to inform the government that he's missing. Again, the Yushalmi is, is, is not clear on this critical point. Are you going to suffer extra because he's absent, or, or, or are you just jealous that he got away and you have to work? The Yushalmi is not clear. It's certainly more of a Chiddush if we assume that you're actually going to have to work more because of him, and nevertheless you're not allowed to report him. Shalomeshev's case as well. It, it's not entirely clear, at least from the part I, I excerpted here, it's not entirely clear 
whether the assumption is that because he's not paying tax, he's actually improperly cutting into your business or not. Are you losing sales to him because you're paying the tax and he's not? Not entirely clear. But nevertheless, the Shalom Eshev says that it is us to report somebody else and get him in trouble just because, uh, just, even though the trouble he's going to get into is, is going to be perfectly legal trouble, and he deserves it, and, and it's, his, it's, his own, it's his own fault, nevertheless, you're not allowed to report him, because that's Mesira, that's Lashon Hara, that's Mesira. Going back to the Chacham Tzvi, which, which we began, the Chacham Tzvi gave us a hector. The Chacham Tzvi said that, you're not allowed, that maybe you're not allowed to directly report somebody to, to, to get him in trouble. However, in self-defense, you are allowed, you are allowed to. The Chacham Tzvi said... If the, if, if the government's claim against you is wrong, if they're, asking, if they're, if they're telling you to do something that you're not mechayiv to do, he was talking about a private person, if, if the guy's claim against you is not legitimate, you can say, it's not me, it's somebody else, it's Shimon. That, he says, you're, uh, that he says you're allowed to do. You're allowed to say, it's not me, it's, uh, it's not me, it's him. And therefore, the, so, so just to get somebody else in trouble, even though it's legitimate, we have the later post saying, you're not allowed to do to tell the guy, it's not me, I'm, I'm, I'm not the one you want, it's someone else that you want, the Chacham Tzvi says that you are actually allowed to do that, even though it'll mean, even though it'll mean that the guy will then take the, take, the money from, take the money from Shimon. Again, the Chacham Tzvi was talking about a case where the, the, money they're ta- that the money the guy was taking was legitimate. Someone defrauded the guy, someone sold him a, a lemon of a horse, and he's taking money back that the person who sold it to him deliberately owes. What would the Chacham Tzvi say in a case where the guy is taking money Shalokadin? He comes to you, really he's, ang- really he's angry at Shimon. But he comes to you, he mistakes you for Shimon. All Jews look the same. But, but the money he wants from Shimon is also not legitimate. He, he, he's, he's just taking money Shalokadin. Would you have the right to say, it's not me that you wanted Shimon? I believe the Chavetz Chaim talks about this. I didn't have a chance to look it up beforehand. The Chavetz Chaim, I think, says no. If the money that the guy wants from you is Shalokadin, you have no right to shift it to Shimon, even if Shimon's the one he really wants. Since that would be an avla that the guy is going to do to Shimon, you have to suffer the avla because if you have no right to, to direct the guy to do an avla to Shimon, if it's an out and out avla. But in the case of the Chacham Tzvi, it's not an out and out avla. The guy is perfectly entitled to get money for his horse back because they sold him a, a they, they fraudulently sold him a defective horse. So you are allowed to go to the guy and tell him, "Leave me alone. It's not me. It's Shimon." Even that, even that heter to say, it's not me, it's Shimon, that's only mutter, the later Akronim say, according to the later Akronim, that's only mutter to say that when your, your primary goal is not to get him in trouble, your primary goal is to get him off your back. In the Chacham Tzvi's case, you're allowed to say, it's not me, it's Shimon, because you don't want to have to pay the guy, you don't owe the guy the money, so you're allowed to tell the guy, it's not me, go, go get the money from Shimon. However, if, if you're not getting anything directly from the guy, you just want to get Reuven in trouble, he's your competitor, he's operating without a license, you just, want to, you just want to get him in trouble. That's something that the later post can say you shouldn't do. The, the, the Churashai, the Marsham, and the Shalom Eshev all agree that you shouldn't do that. Now, but the evidence, if you do do that, insofar as the money the guy takes from Shimon is, is according to the law, is legitimate, you're not going to be chayiv but the evidence as a Moser. That's true. However, L'Chathila, the later post can say you should not do that. You should not deliberately get another Jew in trouble, even if the trouble is something... That the that 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 legitimately is uh, that they legitimately have the right to do, it, it, even so, if, if he's getting away with it, you should not get him in trouble just for the sake of getting him in trouble. If you aren't doing it to evade uh, to evade something that the guy is trying to do to you to to shift to shift a blame unjustly from you to somebody else, that's mutter. If the other person is indeed responsible and the law and the law is valid, 
that you were allowed to do. But simply to get another Jew in trouble, even though that's not real Mesira, it's not Bidiyevit, it's not Mesira, because whatever they do to him is valid under the law, you still shouldn't do it. This is a case that, that came up in town a little while back, where somebody, somebody, built, a, somebody built an illegal, uh, an unlicensed, so today, today we call it undocumented, I guess. Somebody built an undocumented structure, and people apparently, I don't know who, but some, somebody apparently informed on him to the authorities, and he got, I'm not sure what happened, he got fined or something. That's really the question we're discussing tonight. Insofar as the structure is dangerous to the public, it's a fire hazard or something, it can collapse and, uh, it can collapse and injure people or kill people, then I think there'd be no question you'd, that, that you'd be allowed to report it, because this, this has to go. You, you can't build dangerous and illegal, uh, you can't build dang- illegally, Ill- illegal dangerous structures. If there's no danger, it's just a question of it being against the law. So on the one hand, if you report such a thing, po- many postkin would say that the Dievid, there's no liability. Even if the person gets fined, you have no liability for that because the fine was legitimate. The government has the right to have zoning laws. The fines are legitimate, according to many postkin. And therefore, the Dievid, you would have no, you would have no responsibility. L'chatchila, to get a Jew in trouble... Many posts can say you should not do that, even if he's breaking the law, even if he deserves, in a certain sense, whatever's coming to him, and even if whatever's coming to him will be valid under, the, under legitimate law, insofar as he's getting away with it, even if it's not right, you should not be, another Jew should not turn him in, even though the evidence not real Masira, still, many posts can say, the, the, that seems to be the, the consensus, that you should not turn a Jew in if there's no pressing need to do so, it's not dangerous, and so on. A Jew should not turn another Jew in and get him fined, even though that fine will be, will be legal under Dina Mokhusadina, even though you won't have to pay for the fine after the fact, you won't have to compensate him for it because it was a legitimate fine. Nevertheless, many posts can say, L'chatchila, you should not do this.